Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, now, more Gresh and Fourier on WEEI and streaming on WEEI.com. goals to win for Christ's sakes and you keep talking about the CBT you keep talking about prospects and your long-term goal like you just basically told us we ain't good enough we suck you let us down Angry Lou, Angry Lou. a hole the size of I don't even know what in that bullpen keep playing like dog Recall my manager Lou go get me a goddamn first baseman that's what I want I don't want an outfielder D8 I need a first baseman okay Lou I'll ask you something what how do you go into the season without a closer? How do you not address the closer situation? Lou, what's up, bro? Good, how are you doing? Good. Well, it's always great to have you here, Lou. World champs, former athletes, we got it all here on Gresham Fourier into hour two. We go from uh, we go from our guy Samoa Joe to now. If I can, uh, there we go. If I can get this. Uh, just uh, get this uh, thing to work. There, there you go. Hey, there we go. Figure it out, Greg. Lou Merloni is with us on the Harbor One Hotline. Well, I mean, as you, <laughs> Lou, as you know, there is, if you look at the bottom of this mouse, I don't know what is. There's a mouse stuck to the bottom of this mouse. That's all I'll say. But, Nothing but the best. Well, you, you haven't improved the computers and mouses in the, in the no, not, not in the last 20 years, Lou. Yeah, that, we yeah. haven't cleaned the mics either. Yeah, seriously. You want, you want to feel nasty and maybe have an excuse to stay at yeah. home? Look at these mic socks yeah. and this microphone. Janet Prinsky <laughs> used this thing, for God's sakes. <laughs> not many people get that joke. Lou does. Uh, Lou, it's game day, baby. Is there a different oh, level yeah. of excitement for you today? Yeah, no, it, the excitement's in the air. You know, um, <laughs> You know, last year it was just—it's it, strange. Last year we we're looking at this lineup, and you know, Devers, Yoshida, and Verdugo, Casas, Duran, and uh, you know, this year it's a little different feel. Like uh, David Hamilton, I think okay. he's the only guy playing that's actually on the forty-man roster. So it's—they um, got like two guys in the starting lineup from minor league camp, and I thought I knew everybody. Like seventy different scouting reports, I can use probably seven of them here today because there's a lot of guys from minor league camps that will be playing in this game. So a little different look for the Sox. And I tell you what, we're going to have a ball game here, boys. Like, this one's going to be a tight one. Uh, Northeastern's pretty good. Uh, oh, yeah, I was going to say, are you going to give the scouting report on Northeastern? Yeah, I, I know him. I, actually, I'm, you know me. I'm crazy. I've done yeah. a few practices. I know yeah. the head coach, Mike Lavin, pretty well. And they got they got a really good team. I mean, I, I kind of jokingly aside, somebody was joking how, like, their center field, this kid, Mike Sirota, might be the best player in the field today. Oh, um, because you know, he's a first-round pick. Like he's a he's a pretty electric player, uh, center fielder for Northeastern. Yeah, and, and I do have kind of an issue with you. I meant to bring this up to you. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, you know what? Like, uh, I'll just uh, go know, to the bathroom. You know, the whole like you know smell of the grass and look how excited yeah. I am down here when you first showed yeah. up in Fort Myers. I was like <laughs> yeah. telling Gresh, I'm like, I'm like losing, losing, oddball. Like I can't ever yeah. remember Lou being ever being excited. And I don't know any other football players that would get excited going to camp or after they retired heading back to, like, Gillette Stadium to watch a practice because all the PTSD shows up. But you, 
you become yeah. like a new person. Yeah. No, I do. Yeah, it's right. I know. And I actually just talked to Roach the other day because we wanted to kind of go back and forth and just some notes. Oh, yeah. But, yeah um, you're you're, you're, you're Roachy Merloni. That's your new name. You know what it is? I, I don't know. Like, like when my career was over, man, I had closure. So, like, spring training, I hated spring training. I mean, I hate it. I never walked in here with a job. I had to get ground balls at second, third, and short. I had to, like, run around like an idiot. Every game freaking mattered. Like, I was trying to make a team, and I was just like, this is the worst time of my life, stress-wise. But all, when I come back now, there's, I don't feel any of that. Like, it's just like, you know why? Because I don't have to play. I don't have to do this. I don't have to take ground balls and worry about batting practice. I just sort of sit back, you know, talk to the guys and do a game, which is a lot of fun. So I, I, I don't have that. Yeah, I don't, I, mean, I don't want to play. I was too hard. I wasn't good enough. I'm done. I'm done with that. Now, right. now lose the guy on the bench with the Kangol hat, right? Mm-hmm. The chomped on yep. cigar. Yeah, sitting yep. in the. I'm sitting actually in... trying to get in this game, knowing about the seventh or eighth inning. By the time they start subbing people in and out, I don't know. All right, Lou. Many other guys. How, do you have an inning before you would completely collapse and fall on the ground? The way Fourier oh, has fo- the way Fourier has four times riding around on his wheelie cart. I took, they had some like media BP. They're like, you want to come by? You want to come by? I wanted nothing to do with it, but they told me they had beer. So I came (laughs) and I took two rounds. I woke up that night, my elbows barking. I'm like, seriously? I'm like, really? Is this what it comes to? Two rounds of BP and I got some freaking tennis elbow working or something. Two rounds of BP um, equals how many swings? Uh, Probably both 25-ish, 30 Okay. Something like that. Hey, so, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure you heard, like, the Raphael Devers uh, comments the other day about, yeah. like, you know, like his politicking through an interpreter for, uh, yeah. you know, more players, better players. I, I guess the question is, um, you know, can a guy that, uh, that needs an interpreter be a leader yeah. of a baseball team? Yeah, you know, it's, it is hard, you know, because, because he understands English. And, and I get it. I've heard a lot of guys that, like, are just uncomfortable answering questions because, you know, you say one ro- one word wrong and we jump on it. You know, like, it's like a headline. Did you hear what he said? He said he doesn't care. And it's like, you know, so they, they're not, like, comfortable enough to express themselves through English. And, and it's unfortunate because when you're, the, you know, pretty much the face of a team or the highest paid player, you like to have that guy be able to kind of be in front of the media and address some of the issues. So it makes it a little bit different. I just love the fact that he said it. Like, it's just, you know, he's coming into his own. He's a lot more comfortable with it. And it's also the first year of that big contract, too, right? So I think there's a lot of responsibility there. And I think it's – you need somebody to speak for the team. And I know I heard some people say, like, you know, he's kind of ripping his teammates. And that's just – unfortunately, it's the reality. Because when you say we need starting pitching, you're basically telling Hauk and Whitlock that we need you in the bullpen. You know, we're looking for another starter or, or, or whoever it may be, Crawford or Wachowski or whatever. So – but that's that's why you don't want to say any names specifically. I think that's why he just said everybody knows what we need and didn't really specify. Lou, um, it, with this particular ownership, do you think there's any player in that clubhouse who could say something that it would resonate all the way up to the top level? Well, if it's going to be anybody, it would be Devers. But right. I'm with you. I'm not so sure. I almost, I almost feel like, and trust me, they're trying. You know, guys like Pedroia, guys like Ortiz, guys like Pedro, you know, um, you know, that they're vocal about, you know, getting back to who the Red Sox are. Uh, you know, does that register? So, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what will register. I wish I could find out and, and do that or have that person say something to kind of change it up a little bit.
Have you seen um, – I know John Henry was there the other day. Um, yeah. Didn't speak. The whole thing, Lou, just seems – I don't know. How, how do they How do they fix like the the narrative that has been built around them? Like how do they – Is it, or is it just uh, too hard. late? It's, it's – you know, it just comes down to actions. You know, you want to change the narrative? Sign Montgomery. And then go in the offseason and sign a big right-handed bat that can be sitting there between Casas and Devers for the next 10 years. Like, you know, it's it's – it's all about through the action and what they do. And, you know, John not speaking, you know, and a lot of it is he always says, like, ah, I'm too honest. I, I just say what I think. I get myself in trouble. And it's like, you know what? Right now, we'd be looking for that. No, we would love a touch of honesty. We, we, don't, we don't care. I mean, at least if you're honest, like, we're good with it, you know? So I always – I still feel like if he, if he did talk to the media and he just kind of said exactly what he thinks, hell, if he came out and said we're not ready to win right now, you can disagree, but at least you hear it. At least you hear it from them. At least you have a better idea of the messaging and what is going on. Avoiding it, I still don't think, is the right play. Lou, uh, is there anybody down there that has caught your eye? Like, it's been so doom and gloom, and it's about who you don't have and what isn't there and all that kind of stuff. Do you at least have a couple of names of people that you're going to either keep your eye on today, this weekend, or over the next couple of weeks? Well, it's still a lot of the young kids that we kind of saw last year. Like, William Abreu is an absolute monster. Um, can he build up what we saw in a small sample size? To me, like Tyler O'Neill, can he stay healthy? Like, I look at Tyler O'Neill. I don't know if you've seen a picture of him or not, but I get tight and pull my bicep muscle just looking at him. Like, that's how shredded. He's enormous. Like, he makes Duran kind of look small. And, and, but yet he's athletic. He's got a loose arm, loose swing, and he's kind of put on a show sometimes in BP. And, just injuries have been a concern for him. So there, there's definitely some guys here that, you know, you look at, they say, can they build off last year? Can they be better? What's the ceiling? Um, and that's kind of where you're at, right? Like you're just trying to figure some of these young guys out, trying to prove who they are in this league. So we're talking to Lou Merloni. Um, boots on the ground, Lou. I'm going to start calling you that for the next yeah. uh, week and a half, two weeks, as long as you're there. You know, you mentioned uh, Montgomery. Yeah. I do think it's interesting. Like it just feels like, they're just waiting. Like everybody wants to sign this guy, but it's this weird game of Scott Boris and fill in the blank Major League Baseball team game of chicken. When you lower the price, we'll jump in and give you a serious bid. Is that how do you see it? Yeah, and I think a lot of teams around the league are doing that. But if you're the Red Sox, you can't wait for that. I don't. I don't think you can wait for that. I don't think you can wait for him to settle on a one-year deal with options or a two-year deal with options because. It's like, for example, if it's a one-year deal with option, I'm Jordan Montgomery. Forget about winning and losing, okay, because this is an individual thing because he wants to get free agency the next year. I want to go to a team, if I'm Montgomery, that has gold glove defense in my infield if I need, like, that so-called pillow contract. I need all my infielders to have great range and make the plays. I'm not a big strikeout guy, so I need to make sure I go to a team where that 3-7 ERA stays there. If I go to a team that doesn't have great range, that doesn't make plays in the infield, and that ERA shoots the 4-3, I'm not going to have success next year in the free agent market. So the lower the asking price goes in years, then it turns into, then I think you're out. You know, then I just, I feel like you're out. Like, all of a sudden the Phillies will get involved. Maybe the Yankees get involved. I don't know. Freaking Dodgers could still get involved. Who knows? But you're going to go where you can win, and you know you got defense behind you. Lou, if you're Alex Cora... Do you have to be a little careful of, like, controlling your emotions, maybe not sending signs that you feel like Rafi Devers? Like, it's now Cora's job to kind of take what is there and sort of build it up. 
Does does yep. Alex have to be aware of uh, how sincere and serious he comes across in trying to pump those guys up? Because to those of us who've been around the guy, you can tell he does not seem thrilled with this situation. Right. And I, and I think for him, you kind of accept that role of coaching. You know, you accept that role. I think every coach sort of looks at it and says, my job is to get these guys better and to put them in a position to win and to see what they're doing wrong and, and try to make them better baseball players. I think one of the reasons why mentally he's in a good place is maybe that a part of that is just an acceptance of what he has. And it's like, listen, I'm, t- I'm going to roll up my starting five. If somebody gets hurt, I'm going to just, whoever that next guy is, we're going to put them out there and we're going to do our best. You know what I mean? And maybe it's not that simple or whatever, but still, I think there's an acceptance of what he has. And his goal is to see some of these young players in this league really kind of solidify themselves. And sometimes as a coach, that's very gratifying. So, guys, let's say your opening day, like your top five pitchers, right? Are there any of the starting pitchers that have pretty much already solidified a starting spot on the team? And who are the guys? Is there like, you know, five guys working for three spots? Is there two guys working for? How do you see that playing out? Yeah, I, I think Bayo, Giolito, and Pavetta, to me, are, are kind of locked here. And then you've got, you know, and Crawford probably leading um, the next wave of guys to be in this rotation. Uh, so does it come down to Hauk, Whitlock, Winkowski, you know, that type of thing? And I think they would love to have well, – obviously, Winkowski did a nice job in that relief role, you know, handling that sixth, seventh inning. But he does give you an option of, if they want him to be a starter, to be down in AAA and to call a guy up like that, that – you know, so you don't have to call up some of the other kids that you did last year. You have somebody you can rely on. And then it comes down to how can Whitlock, like which one do we think can go deep in the games? Which one do we think can help us more in the bullpen? So I think a lot will be determined, um, you know, but it won't be determined by the numbers. I think that's the, that's the hard thing in spring training. We always talk about these numbers that matter. Well, you know, when you play at home, the, 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 the team you're playing against usually travels with a bunch of double-A, triple-A ballplayers, right? A couple of big league starters. So at home, you're not really facing big league hitters. When you throw and hit on the road, that's usually when you face the A lineups. Those games matter more for guys than, say, the home games, given the competition. So you really got to pay attention of, you know, this guy's 10 for 20. Well, who's he doing off of? He's doing off a bunch of kids from double-A, triple-A that he's been facing all year. So the numbers won't always determine it. They've got their own numbers to kind of figure all that stuff out. Uh, are you in uh, you in polos today? Button ups? What's the uh, attire for uh, Nesson at one? Yeah, a little Nesson polo piece. You know, it's uh, it's hot. Me and TC Jemai on the sidelines, so we'll uh, we'll break down this seven inning way go, and uh, <laughs> hopefully it's six and a half innings. You know, Sox don't have to hit in the bottom of the seventh, but you just you really never know. Lose shrinking games already. Well, we're only scheduled for yeah. seven. It'd be great if we went six and a half. <laughs> Hey, what's the crowd like out there? Well, he wants to get to the Applebee's before the 5 o'clock rush. It is Fort Myers. What's the crowd like? Are people down there? Are they making a point to kind of stick around and show their support? What have you seen? Well, nothing. Well, uh, the park opens at 1130, and the Northeastern game really never gets. It's a lot of friends and family, and, you know, there'll be the diehards here, whatever, just popping in for the game. But, you know, it'll be interesting. Sunday's the first home game. That's when you kind of – get an idea, uh, Sunday weekend game, like what the crowd looks like. And I think probably have a better idea Sunday and as the camp goes on as far as people coming out and supporting them. Okay. Well, that's when the Greg Hill Show shows down there. They're probably going to hijack you and trying to find a way to get you on their show. Make sure you reference our shows when you get a chance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, they're going to be out at the pool all day long. Oh, yeah. I don't even know.
Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Uh, Lou, thank you, buddy. Right, we appreciate you. Have a great call. Have a good game. Hey, you too. All right, boys. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you soon. There we go. Our guy, Lou Merloni. We love him. He's getting ready to uh, do the Lord's work on Nesson. Can it go six and a half? How funny is that? Seven inning game. He won six and a half. I love it. Uh, we're all the same. We really are. How quick can we get out of here? Oh, the game's just, you're just <laughs> hoping for a pop-up. You're just hoping that just like, Swing that's enough. Uh, that's enough. That's all that's you need. good. We're good. Uh, Andrew Raycroft will talk hockey with us next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, back to the guys. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Hockey talk. Hockey talk. Hockey talk. In the movies, they always go out and find a kid who's really good to join the team. Hey, that's right. We need a ringer. We need a Canadian. We've seen Fourier on skates before, so it all of the talk is nonsense. They're dinosaurs. They know how to, like, yeah. survive. got to shout out Razor. That donut's for him. Ah, uh, don't worry. I got Bruins plate. People get out of my way. Au revoir. Have a good game. It's 11.25, and it's uh, Friday, so it's time to talk hockey. Let's puck it up on the Harbor One hotline with our buddy Andrew Razor Raycroft, who is getting... No sleep this week. Razor, how are you? I'm tired. Uh, yeah, no, no, no sleep at all. But but my morning was absolutely brightened by Fourier getting roasted for Dunsky. Absolutely brilliant. Oh, that was great I thought fun. you would like that. I thought you would like that. Yeah, you know, he kind of put me in my place a little bit. And I was, I was going to say, like, I would never talk to him like I talked to you. He didn't even. No, I know. It took him two seconds to no come up with the back. promo to rip him. It was great. Oh, and no Zero pushback push at all. You're right. Yep. Oh, it was so good. Dude, this Zero dude's a monster. Back. Hilarious. Dude, it's like, how, how big do you think Samoa Joe is? Like 6'3, 295? Oh, yeah, 295. Easily. Just yeah. thick, though, and, and more like, you know, island strength, too. That's the thing we never talked yeah. to him about. They island got island strength. strength. Yep, that's right. So they got moose strength in Canada, island strength with the uh, Polynesians. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then, listen, so, I mean, I thought you would be cranky this morning. I thought, like, some way we would have to kind of, like, get you in the spirit of talking about hockey. But you feel like you seem pretty excited to kind of mix it up a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I'm always excited to to hear your voice, and and again, it, it really brightened my morning. You getting put in your place, it was it was awesome. Hey, uh, Razor, has Fourier asked you to work in Dunsky on the sidelines? That's a good idea. I, I think we we did talk about it maybe last season. I, I I would I could try and do it, especially you know what I can definitely do it Monday night. We have a 10 o'clock start, puck drop. <laughs> I can work Dunsky, and no one will be paying attention. Listen, Razor, <laughs> come on, buddy. Let's go. We're trying to build a catalog here. We're trying to build a catalog. Okay, what is it, your a music? Well, kind of. I'm going to put it on Spotify <laughs> some way. <laughs> Listen, you'll be my hero. I promise. Whatever you need, if you, if you can somehow slide that in, whatever you need, Razor, 
You got it. Okay. I will officially I, be your best friend. Babysit okay. the kids, oh. whatever you need, I got gotcha. you. All right, have tape. Have the tape rolling for Monday night. I've okay. got. I've got. I've already got a couple ideas on how easily it would actually be to work that Nate word in. So. You know what? You're right, Yuri, and and you're such a pro now that you can just get oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like prom night, right in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe for you. <laughs> My prom sucked. Oh, uh, I didn't go. Yeah, so what the hell am I talking about? And it's they don't good. have prom in Canada. Do they not have prom in Canada? Oh, no, no, we have proms. So even, you'll love this, guys, because so when I was still in high school, we had grade 13. In Ontario, they called it OAC. So it was basically like a gap year. Um, so you, you didn't necessarily have to go to university um, at 18. So we had, a, we had grade 13. You would take a few classes. It was like being prepped for university. But, of course, our drinking age is 19. By the end of OAC, grade 13, most of the kids or half of the kids in high school were 19. So our proms had bars in them. We had, we had a bar at our proms. Oh and you would God. get a wristband if you had ID. So you can imagine the debacle that would ensue at our high school prom. Oh, my God. So there's not like <laughs> – so nobody – there's no Young. teachers checking your breath or trying to see if you're hammered. They're at the bar They're with hammered, you. yeah. Oh, my God. Correct. I love Canada. Correct. What are we going? Oh, Jeez. So we would get like the old like VFW with the bar open, and that was our prom. Uh, it was uh, – yeah, it was a sight to be seen. That – is the best story I've heard today. Pretty good. That is great <laughs> stuff. I mean, it sounds like a fire hall, like down where I, I grew up, where all the yeah. coal miners would go and drink. Oh, my. It was called Al- Al- Alhambra Hall. Yeah, it was a fire hall. Alhambra Hall. There was two stories. The bar was upstairs. Like, it was uh, it was exciting. Like, we loved it. Like, prom was, like, the best thing ever in our high school. It was, like, usually it's kind of like you got to get there. Like, no one went with a date. Everyone went single, and you just had a party. Yeah, you just mingled when you got there. That's a lot That's of labats. That That's is a lot, lot of labats, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Our guy Andrew Raycroft is with us. All right, let's get into the Bruins, who uh, they head out west. They beat Edmonton 6-5, to turn around, and lose to Calgary last night 3-2. to What were the differences through your eyes, Razor, in the last two games? Energy level and, and, and the skating legs. Jim Montgomery talked about it after the game last night. Uh, I, I The game in, in Edmonton was amazing. Um, the, the, it was the game, one of the games of the year in the National Hockey League. Just back and forth, uh, both teams flying around on the ice, both teams making a lot of mistakes, which is always makes sports more entertaining when there's a few mistakes. And for the Bruins and Charlie McAvoy and David Pasternak to pull it out in overtime, that's a huge win. Edmonton's the best team in the NHL since December 1st, since November 15th. Um, they had a bad start, but they've been rolling since. And then last night, they had a pretty tough first period. They got a break to tie it 1-1 with 120 left, and then they give up a goal in the final minute. And I thought, I, I, I thought they were done, guys. Like most teams, if you're playing back-to-back on the road, and you don't get out of a period like the Bruins didn't last night in the first. Usually, teams smell blood in the water, and, and they put the pedal down, and that's game over. But the Bruins, it was a gutsy point last night. I thought, I mean, they've had some bad overtimes this season. I thought last night was a pretty good overtime. They went back and forth. They hit the post. They had some chances. Unfortunately, Calgary put it in at the end. But 
I thought last night was a gutsy point. I, I, I didn't mind the point in any way whatsoever. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned how, how good Edmonton was, and from an entertainment factor, you know, a lot of people are talking about how great that game was, even though it was so late. I don't see I don't know if a lot of people saw it. But you also mentioned McAvoy and you know, listen, I don't know how many, you know, superlatives you can give about this guy and how good he's been playing. And I always think about him, he's the one guy that I feel like, you know, he should be trophy worthy. You know, um, and I look at how he ended the game against Edmonton, and that seems to be what's missing with him as far as like winning that Norris Trophy. It's going to be really hard for him to win Norris trophies. Uh, the way the league is set up, the, the the three or four young defensemen that are in the league that are going to consistently push a hundred points or get ninety points, I, I don't think I don't think Charlie McAvoy has eighty five ninety points in his game. But what I do know is that 90% of the general managers in the league would take Charlie McAvoy over a guy like Quinn Hughes, who we're going to see tomorrow night, who's going to maybe get 90 points, could be the Norris guy. Um, They would take Charlie McAvoy on their team before that because of everything else he brings and his full entire game. So I think it's going to be hard for him to win Norris trophies just because there's going to be offensive defensemen and, and power play points are, are just at such a premium. And it seems as though that's what the award is getting voted on. But for me, and as a former goaltender, I want Charlie McAvoy on my team more than, you know, there's probably, he's in the conversation of the top four defensemen in the league. That, that's how good he is, and that's what kind of level he's playing at right now. Our buddy Andrew Raycroft of Ness and End here of WEEI with Gresh and Fourier breaking down the Bruins. And uh, after last night's game, Jim Montgomery talked about how three-on-three has been a struggle at times for the Bruins. How do you see some of the overtime issues? Are they fixable? Is this something that Montgomery's really got to make a a point of emphasis in terms of this team getting better? Or is it more of a ride-it-out-for-the-regular-season type thing? Yeah, at this point, you're you're kind of riding it out. Uh, you 25, 24 games left. So you, I mean, they've been going to overtime a lot. That yeah. that that's maybe more of the issue is that they're just doing it too often. Uh, you would love to, see it. but on the flip side of that, if they went to overtime once every, you know, every game the rest of the year, they're you know they're challenging for first place in the Eastern Conference. So it, it's kind of a two double edged sword. I think at this point, it is what it is. Uh, if they go to overtime eight or nine more times. I don't know how you really fix it. Um, again, Montgomery talked about being above the puck and not make taking chances uh, and trying to be better at it, but uh, I think it kind of gets set into your DNA by this point in the season, and fortunately that you, you don't deal with it come playoff time. And that's, that's really the focus for this group, and uh, I think that you would like to see them find a way to, to get that extra point a couple more times this season, but it's not. I don't. It's not at the top of their list. They got to keep getting their special teams in order and building their five on five game much more so than three on three on three. I hope this doesn't take us completely off the exit ramp. But Jake DeBrus, Jake DeBrusk's old man, is a broadcaster in Canada. It's always weird whenever Jake's dad is talking to Jake or whatever, and they do the pregame thing. So Razor, if a family member was in the booth. When you played, how like would that add another layer of anxiousness, nervousness, and 
if you were in that Jake DeBrus scenario, would your family member just completely rip the hell out of you like Jake's dad will kind of <laughs> do every once in a while? Certainly, I, I think I any of my family members or friends would probably give me a hard time. There wouldn't be you. Would, I wouldn't get any extra. That's for sure. It's uh, that that's mostly the relationship as as most families. I, I as we see with Jake DeBrus, you're not on on TV at that point. You're not getting anything extra. You're, you're, we see it with Jake DeBrus. Every time he goes to Edmonton and Calgary, he plays great. He gets points. It, it's got to be uh, an exciting and, and an energetic situation to be able to go and talk to your dad and see your dad sit right on the bench for one of your NHL hockey games. It, it's it's got to be uh, – there's not many situations, if any, that, that it happens, and it, it's got to be pretty cool. And I think we always get Jake DeBrus best when, when Pops is down on the boards. So we're talking to the Razor, Andrew Raycroft, and uh, real quickly. So, I, I, like, so the trade deadline. Just re- humor me on this one because I'm. The odds are that Don Sweeney is gonna make a move because he's made at least one deal before the trade deadline in each of his eight years, right? So that's probably gonna happen. You go back to what he did last year: uh, Orlov, Hathaway, Pertuzzi, sent out Craig Smith, but also had a lot of picks to give up. So this year, I don't think that he has as many assets to move or to, to deal with. And I'm wondering if you think that's going to limit what he's going to be able to do. I think it will to a point. I think I'm not sure what the trade deadline looks like in the national hockey league this season. And basically it's been Calgary and Vancouver have made two big trades with to each other. No one else has done anything. And I'm curious what's out there. I'm curious what other teams in the Eastern Conference do. Salary cap's such a big issue this year. No one has any money to do anything. So those 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 trades where you, you trade a draft pick for a guy who makes $5 million, I, I don't know how anyone does that. Um, now there's people smarter working the numbers more than me, so, so like it still could happen. Uh, I'm just curious, and I'm waiting for the first couple of deals to come through. All of that being said, the Bruins are going to make a deal or two or three. I think that you can look at maybe a prospect or two going. You look at a second-round pick. Maybe it's a full hockey trade that they can pull off. Uh, not sure what it is. Really hard to get a sense just because there's no market in the entire National Hockey League, and no one's really quite sure how it's going to look. But I do feel like the Bruins are in a position, and Don Sweeney's always worked the phones extremely hard to make a deal to try and make his team better. Razor, is there one of those, like, just bottom feeder teams out there that has a bunch of cap space that ends up becoming the team that can help somebody make a deal? Like, is that a possibility where you're giving someone a draft pick to be able to take on this onerous salary or maybe even they just kind of clip the guy and let him go? Is there a team out there like that that might be the third team that needs to get involved for a club like Boston to make some moves? Yes, and that that's uh, that's the caveat. That's the the little bit of the unknown. There are teams that can do it. I, I don't know exactly how it looks. So Arizona's lost like 15 in a row. They they stink now. They were kind of in the mix, and they're typically the one that does it. When they were in the mix, you're saying, okay, how how do what are they going to do? And now they're out of the mix. So you have out in the West, you have Arizona. Anaheim, San Jose, and Chicago. They're all done, dead in the water. Dunsky, they are. Oh, boy. Uh, in oh, the boy. East, you've got Columbus. Um, 
but they're 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 good. They think they're a good team going forward. I don't know how much they just like sell off their players. So you're looking at those four teams where all the good teams are looking at to try and make deals and try and pick players off because there's a lot of teams that are still in the mix, especially in the Eastern Conference. So all of that, that that's just the kind of my last two answers have been pretty long winded in <laughs> saying, yes, there are ways of doing it. Yes, there's some players out there worth getting. I, I just don't know how you do it and how you work them into your roster under the salary cap. Yeah, just a, a quick look on Spot Track, who does a decent job with this stuff. Columbus, as it says right now, has about $13 million in space. But to your point, Razor, they're kind of trending up a little bit. Um, you know, I don't know if they're going to want to do some pass-throughs. And then you have Anaheim, Nashville. Chicago's the one team that really stinks. And they got about $8 yeah. million in space. They might be, I would say, one of those teams that uh, might be able to help everybody out that doesn't have a bunch of dough. So... You are you're going to be what in Seattle on Monday? Is that right? Like where where's Waldo this weekend? How's this all going to work? Well, yeah. So I well I'm at home, fortunately, but un, or unfortunately, I guess we got the good news. Tomorrow night is a seven o'clock game, so it's four o'clock Eastern time, nationally broadcast hockey night in Canada, Vancouver Bruins tomorrow night. So I get a seven o'clock start. So that is a wonderful thing for me. And then, yeah, they finish up the road trip. The road trip will be Dunsky Monday night, uh, but that's a 10 o'clock puck drop. So that that's a bit of a beating for all of us that, that need to work that it's just It's just so easy for you. See how easy it is? Now, listen, it's, it's, that's it. Monday night. Monday night, right? Is that what you said? It's coming Monday. Monday. Yep, Perfect. Monday night. Perfect. So when uh, Razor in two hours is in the Admirals Club waiting to get on his flight to Vancouver or whatever, he's, he's not going. Say, hey, 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 I, oh, are you not? He's going not. He's out not traveling. There? No, I'm studio. I'm working studio. So I, I'll be at. I'll be in. I'll be in Watertown until 2 a.m. Okay. on uh, Monday night. And I thought you were going. I, yeah, I thought you were going to be on the sideline there working on no. Dunsky. No, 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 oh, no. It's in I'm studio. studio. Yeah. Yeah. Even, yeah. even better. I'm It'll blow the Nesson people's mind. I am going to text. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to text Jaffe and be like, when he says Dunsky, just whack him. No, Jaffe's <laughs> going to try and do it also. Jaffe's going to feel no like this way. is what all the cool kids are saying. I've raised it so far in. ahead of me. Yeah, get Jaffe to say it too. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, because no. he's Mister Serious. Yeah, because he's so serious. Yeah, he'll look over and go, Dunsky. What the <laughs> hell is that? That's what I want. Uh, uh, hey, Ray, uh, Razor, thank you, buddy. <laughs> hey, great chat as always. Hopefully, we see you here in studio soon, pal. Thanks a bunch. Have a great weekend. Yeah, have a great weekend. Thanks. All right, thanks. We love our guy, Razor. Oh, I'll tell you what. You and this Dunsky. Yeah, just, well, you. no, I mean Samoa Joe gave it new life. I mean, I didn't really have anything. Well, he did the first Dunsky promo where you were half-threatened. I love it that it literally, he just switched on a dime and cut the promo on you. No, I loved it. It was great. And I instantly was like, "Uh uh-oh, I poked the wrong bear. That's exactly, I was like, oh, crap. He's really irritated with me. And then I felt, then he snapped out of character and and he's back to normal. And see, that's why I said I can only be a mouthpiece for people in wrestling. I know I could do that in a heartbeat and get people to yell and boo and throw stuff. It'd be so fun. (laughs) <laughs> Wouldn't it? It really would be. Imagine the Boston badass Billy Lanny out there cutting a promo in like Peoria, <laughs> Illinois, with uh, "Hey, I got my guys right here." Oh my God, the people would go crazy. <laughs> He's got to come back on before oh, uh, March thirteenth, absolutely. Or make maybe one of his. Uh, if he is, well, if he is wrestling his competitor, if not, 
Uh, oh, no, we'll never get both of them in here. We don't want people getting beat up. Oh, it'd be great. Plenty of other people it. to pick the beat up around here. No, I'm it. only kidding. <laughs> it's true, too. <laughs> uh, we'll get some uh, lunchtime parlay in next. No matter where you work from these days, take Gresh and Fourier with you on the Odyssey app. Favorite WEI. By God, we were a goal away from another $126 win on the parlay. I had uh, Minnesota on the money line over Ohio State. Easy money. Jalen Brown got a block. Billy, The Billy block party continues. Chicken Nick had over five and a half total goals last night. It ended up 3-2. They had three in the first period. You guys couldn't give me three more and two? I know. you would. Uh, I was worried about the Bruins back-to-back on the dud factor, but they still almost hit that over anyway. And then Victor Wembanyama, how many blocks did he end up with, Christian? He ended up with five. And you only had it at two and a half. Yeah. You could have done the three and a half like you'd said before, and it uh, it would have been okay. But, uh, yeah, we missed by a dad gum goal for crying out loud. And the lunchtime parlay is proudly presented by FanDuel, America's number one sports book, and the official sports book of WEEI. Now, um, there is a lot going on this weekend, right? So you have not only a, like, just in the world of MMA, right? You have PFL versus Bellator, and then you have a really good UFC fight night. You have a full weekend now of NASCAR. You got golf and tennis in the swing as well, no pun intended. We're about to get to spring training baseball, which if you're a real D-Gen, there are ways to make money in spring training baseball. You, you heard Lou talk about that lineup yeah. for the Red Sox. You they, Is that even on the board? Uh, I don't, I, no, 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 a, not against the college. No. Oh, okay. No, I was tomorrow it will be. Tomorrow oh, okay. it will be. Oh, yeah. All right. And uh, yeah. what? The Dodgers played a game, uh, I think it was like yesterday or whatever. People were all over the over. It was like 10 nothing after three innings or something it was like that. after one. Yeah, there you go. Okay, then. So there you go. Like it was. So uh, hockey is back. NBA is back now. Oh, yeah. And the draft futures will be up soon uh, as well. Uh, I will go first. I'm going to the PFL against Bellator card. I know some might think it's obscure. However, Renan Ferreira is the PFL heavyweight champion. He is a six foot eight, 260 pound kickboxer who has knocked a bunch of people out in the first round pretty consistently. Ryan Bader, the Bellator heavyweight champion, eh, a little older. It's almost time for him to exit stage left. I think he loses to Ferreira in the main event of uh, this uh, pay-per-view that is coming up on uh, Saturday afternoon. Billy Lanny, how are you, Fred? I'm okay. Yourselves? How's Bubba doing? You hanging in there? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was a rough couple days for Bubba, but he's, oh, uh, no. he's Yeah, he's a little backed up. Okay, so oh, Billy. Up. Yeah, oh, my yeah, oh. gosh. You know, trying new foods, trying new things. Oh. Uh, take, take a little toll on his tummy, but he, I, uh, he's pushing through. You know, literally. Billy was so excited for Samoa. He's pushing through. So Billy was so excited. I'm calculating sure. numbers, I otherwise I would have laughed more. Uh, that that he did the whole let me here, let me show you my kid thing. So well, right, yeah, Gresham mentioned he goes, oh, you just had one. Yep. I had my phone. Yep. I just got a photo. I'm like, here he is. Yeah, I can like, look yep. at the cheeks on that kid. Yeah, and, and Samoa <laughs> Joe was like, oh, look at those rolls. Yeah, he also yeah. got a comment before he walked in. He goes, wow, your accent is something else. <laughs> <laughs> did he really 
Say that again. Oh, my God. That, that is great. You, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you were about as excited as Gresh was. Yeah, yeah no, big Joe fan. Wow. Huge Joe fan. So this like was, I said, there's very few people in my years of radio that have walked through studios that I'm like, ooh, I got to get a photo with that person. And it's literally been almost 20 years in radio and two people and one of them Samoa Joe. And who's the other one? Mo Vaughn. Oh, okay. When I was a part of the other station and we were in this building, he was here for uh, the midday show. And I'm like, all right, I got to get in there and get a photo. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Samoa Joe and the Hit Dog are my two wow. photos in all my right. career in radio. That was after my stint. Because I don't was remember, I don't there, remember yeah. Mo being in there well, when Mo, I was Mo, there. Mo was in there, and of course they're, they're sharing stories with the other ex-football player that did the show. Oh, but well, Mo was out there. To, mm-hmm. Mo was in there plugging his like plus-size clothing line that he had out. <laughs> oh, I remember I that. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, let's check this out. Let's see what this. I'm like, yep, can't afford that. Can't no. afford that. Can't afford that. It's like the Brady line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sweatshirts. Great looking bucks. clothes for heavy set guys, yeah. but yeah, way out of my price range. Yeah. Anyway, we got another block party. No, baby. The the Golden State Warriors playing the Charlotte Hornets. It's, they're a garbage team. So give me Andrew <laughs> give me Andrew Wiggins for over a uh, half a block against the Hornets. Uh, all right, there we go. Chicken Nick, what do you got, friend? Uh, stop, you've heard this before. I'm going with an Oilers pick. Stop it. The Oilers are hosting the Minnesota Wild. Both of these teams have either been scoring or giving up a million points lately. A million goals lately, not points. And the Oilers are getting Ryan Nugent Hopkins back, who is their second best center. So give me oh, the total over six and a half tonight between the Wild and the Oilers. And then finally, new friend of the AEW World Champion, Christian Fourier. So um, Trey Young, over 23 and a half total points. Um, listen, this guy, he averages close to 27 points per game. I actually felt like this is some sort of weird trap, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with the over. They're playing Toronto, who has the 24th uh, ranked defense in the NBA. So weird kind of line there. I don't know how you feel about that. It's like on one hand, I'm like, he averages 27 points. They play no defense. Why is it so low? Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those IDLR sort of numbers. It doesn't look right. Right? So they're... So therefore, so this, this may be, be this may be a side of uh, that I am actually the ones that Vegas picks on. No, you don't. Maybe, say. maybe we'll see on Monday. You maybe mean, you mean emotional people? That maybe would, they would they would act before the they knee jerk reactors. Yeah. That's me. Oh uh, boy, well it's better than being a pro the emotional, <laughs> the emotional better. That's me. Uh, all right, so I've got Ferreira over Bader in the main event of PFL Bellator. We got Andrew Wiggins with a block. The Oilers Wild over six and a half. Trey Young over twenty three and a half points. You're ten bucks, folks. Will win you $135.21. We'll make sure to get that up and out on social media. Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I. And, excuse me, on Instagram, Gresh and Fourier. Spell the A-N-D in between our last names.